Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's Saturday the 8th of July. I'm Jamie East and this was a week that saw the NHS turn 75 years old, Rishi under pressure from Tory backbenchers, King Charles heads to Scotland and Meta launch its Twitter killer threads. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet, and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the Standout 7 from the Smart 7. It's news, but not the news. This week saw the NHS turn 75 and the government had an early present with an announcement of a £2.4 billion series of reforms aimed at addressing staff shortages and cutting down waiting times. The changes will take place gradually over the next five years and they'll include doubling university places for medical students, creating a new apprenticeship scheme for doctors and possibly shortening medical degrees. It'll be a slow process, but one that NHS England CEO Amanda Pritchard said will make a massive difference. We are still on track to deliver the fastest reduction, the fastest improvement of waiting times in our history. But it is not an overnight thing. The NHS has been struggling to keep waiting lists under control since the COVID-19 pandemic and figures released last month show a record 7.4 million people in England were waiting for care at the end of April. But increased pay for staff isn't part of the new plans. And as junior doctors and senior consultants prepare for more industrial action later this month, Health Secretary Steve Barclay said their demands just can't be met. So there's things we're open to discussing, but we need to get the balance right. I don't think a 35% demand from the junior doctors is affordable, given our need to bring inflation down. The NHS is also feeling the effects of the pandemic, with one in five doctors living with long COVID in the UK forced to stop working or cut back their hours. That's according to reports released by the British Medical Association on Tuesday. And while former Health Secretary Sajid Javid called for a royal commission into the NHS, ex-Tory leader William Hague said it'll take more than restructuring to improve the health of Britons. I think healthcare in this country is unsustainable in its current form, but not necessarily the National Health Service. If we had much more effective policies to tackle obesity and diabetes, uh, well, then it might be sustainable in the health service. Former RCN President Dame Anne-Marie Rafferty was warning that NHS staff are some of the most overworked in the continent. Certainly our research has demonstrated that compared to our European peer countries and their staffing, we are, we are behind. We're in the lowest quartile staffing numbers with some of the most burnt out staff in Europe. Wednesday saw the NHS's official birthday, but like your nan left in the tender care of Matt Hancock, it's not in great shape. There was a commemorative ceremony in Westminster Abbey and tributes from across the spectrum of British society, including a polite round of applause on Wimbledon Centre Court. Health Secretary Steve Barclay didn't exactly turn up with flowers and chocolates, but he was urging patience as the service recovers from the trauma of COVID and the ongoing issues. In terms of the performance now, that has been shaped significantly by the pandemic. But we're investing in our work 
workforce in our NHS estate, in the latest technology. That is how we build a sustainable NHS for the future. Labour's Shadow Health Secretary was sounding the alarm about the NHS's future, pointing out that Rishi's failed to have any impact on the record waiting times or the ongoing strikes. At the moment, the NHS is in jeopardy. I'm anxious about the future of the NHS, as I think the rest of the country is. And unless it changes, it will die. But Rishi was full of praise for the workers of the NHS, but also critical, even at a birthday party, of those striking for better pay and conditions. Clearly industrial action by other clinical staff does make it more challenging to bring down waiting lists. We've already had half a million people's care be impacted by industrial action, and I don't think that's right. No surprise that this week saw another Tory plan to cut migration. The twist this time was that it was Conservative backbenchers calling on Rishi Sunak to be tougher on illegal migrants. The so-called new Conservatives have warned the Prime Minister he risks losing the next election if he doesn't cut net migration. They issued a 12-point plan to reduce migration by about 400,000 before the next election, which includes limiting visas for care workers. Tory MP for Barry North, James Daly, launched the campaign on Monday. This is not about us and them. This is about numbers. And the simple fact, which many people want to overlook, is that the people in this country take a strong view. And that view is we want to reduce numbers. But Labour peer Baroness O'Grady wasn't convinced there's any logic behind the plan. I think most people think these kind of broken promises on numbers are just daft. And Labour's Stephen Morgan said a rebellion on the backbenches is bad news for Rishi. I think this shows that we've got a weak Prime Minister that can't control his own backbenchers and we've obviously got a clear plan that we've set out and the government are divided on this. Speaking of little Rishi, Tuesday marks six months since he set out his five pledges for 2023 and his midterm report doesn't exactly look great. His failed to halve inflation, it's still at 8.7%. The economy hasn't grown, debt's at its highest level in 60 years, NHS waiting lists are at record levels and his Stop the Small Boats plan ran aground in the Court of Appeal. Tory MP Laura Farris says Rishi's going to be held to account if he doesn't hold up his end of the bargain. People do think of Rishi as exceptionally economically competent. And so he set himself those targets and he's prepared to be judged by them. If they haven't been met, yes, he'll be judged for that. That wasn't the end of Rishi's Tuesday either. He also got grilled by the liaison committee over missing the Partygate vote and his plan to miss the next two Prime Minister's question times. Oh, and Labour's Chris Bryant caught him out over the privileges report and, well, it sounds like he's not doing his homework. Uh, I haven't actually gone through the report yet, so... You haven't read the report? Yes, I've read the findings report. I haven't read the report from cover to cover, no. But it's I about read three the pages long. This week saw heightened tensions between Ukraine and Russia focused around the Zaporizhia nuclear plant. President Zelensky has been warning that Russia's planning a so-called false flag attack on Europe's largest nuclear plant amidst reports that Russia's scaling back their military presence in the area. Nuclear disaster response drills have been conducted around Zaporizhia in preparation and Ukrainian MP Kira Rudik says they're getting ready for the worst. We are preparing for a nuclear explosion. And uh, the whole world is watching and there is nothing that can be done. We have been calling multiple times for announcing the nuclear station a neutral zone and letting the international corps there, but Russia never agreed to that. According to Zelensky, it wasn't a good week for Putin. He says his response to the Wagner mini-mutiny proves his grip on power is crumbling. We see Putin's reaction. It's weak. Firstly... 
we see he doesn't control everything. Wagner's moving deep into Russia and taking certain regions shows how easy it is to do. All of us understand that his whole army is in Ukraine. And in another blow for Putin, an international prosecution office has opened in The Hague to investigate Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It's the first step towards a possible tribunal for Moscow's leadership, as France 24's Douglas Herbert explains. This is a centre that is supposed to be able to find a way to hold Russia accountable for what is the original sin, the invasion of Ukraine and the ensuing violation of its territorial integrity. And after an internal power struggle, Tuesday saw confirmation that NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg will remain in charge for at least another year. The former Norwegian prime minister has held the position since 2014 and has had his contract extended three times amidst the war on Ukraine. Meanwhile, Putin attended the virtual SCO summit on Tuesday and sent out a clear message of defiance to the West. Unprecedented in scale, illegitimate, anti-Russian sanctions are being used, and I would like to emphasize that Russia confidently opposes the external pressure of sanctions and provocations. The row over Zaporizhia continued all week, with some armchair generals theorizing Ukraine may be planning to launch their major offensive in the Zaporizhia region, which is why Russia keeps escalating matters around the plant. There are International Atomic Energy Agency staff on site, and they've requested more access to be sure there's no risk of sabotage. Rafael Grossi, the director general of the IAEA, spoke about Zaporizhia while touring the Fukushima disaster site in Japan. In our latest inspections, we haven't seen any mining activity, but we remain extremely alert. Thursday saw Labour leader Sakir Starmer launch his new education plan. It was all about smashing through the class ceiling, but things didn't go to plan. He was speaking in Gillingham, unveiling his fifth mission, when he was very politely interrupted by some young hecklers demanding action on green issues. The Labour leader tried to laugh off the stunt and pointed to his commitments on tackling climate change announced in his last speech. It places barriers. Not just it. Reinstate your pledge for 28 billion per year. I gave my, I, on the mission on uh, green power, we did that last month. We've done that one. Will you just... We, we are on the side of economic growth. After the interruption, Starmer managed to lay out his plans, which included boosting child development, new funding for schools, updating the outdated curriculum and changing attitudes towards vocational education. Shadow Education Secretary Beth Phillipson says this plan will set kids up for success. You know, what we tell our kids is that if you work hard, you'll get on in life, but increasingly that isn't the case. So we're today setting out a long-term plan, Labour's mission on opportunity to make sure that all of our children and young people get the chance to succeed. Still to come on the standout seven, Bonnie King Charles heads to Scotland and Nick Cave talks Kylie right after this. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back. 
It was a case of Charlie and the Honours of Scotland on Wednesday. No, it's not another Roald Dahl reboot. Instead, it was King Charles's official visit and formal recognition of his coronation in Scotland. He received the crown and sceptre in an official ceremony at St Giles Cathedral. There's also a new sword inspired by the late Queen Elizabeth. There was some scattered booing outside before the ceremony, as inside the cathedral, the Duke of Hamilton presented the crown of Scotland. By the symbol of this crown, we pledge our loyalty in trusting that you reign as our king in the service of all your people. In receiving this crown, I so promise by God's help. Twitter could be in trouble after Mark Zuckerberg's Meta launched threads as a competitor to the social media site. The rival app enables users to sign up straight from their Instagram accounts, except in Europe because of data protection rules. In terms of look and feel, it pretty much mimics Twitter, with the app opening up to a scrollable feed of short-form text limited to 500 characters a post, with the ability to add individual or carousel photos and videos. It's had tens of millions of people sign up already, and Elon Musk's lawyers have already sent a letter accusing Meta of stealing Twitter's secrets. The Sunday 7's tech expert, Will Guyatt, says it looks like a serious competitor. I think it will kill Twitter. I will go that far and I will say uh, there will be the people who want to stay with Elon Musk and his free speech platform, but the place where the audience already exists is over on Meta's platform. Louis Theroux's back with another podcast episode. This time he's been talking to Nick Cave and the pair delved right into his legendary performance on Top of the Pops with Australian pop icon Kylie Minogue. Their duet, Where the Wild Roses Grow, became an unlikely hit, but it turns out Kylie's management weren't too keen on the collaboration initially. We were a bunch of dark, drug-addicted uh, monstrosities all mm-hmm. sort of scowling in the studio. But she was determined to do that and she was this extraordinary presence. Came in and just sang the song really beautifully. She sort of radiates a lightness of spirit. You've been listening to The Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am. Hit that follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes, we'll give you the world. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.